welcome back to Air Magique. I'm your host, Eric, and I'm the one who binged all the episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi and am now going through withdrawals. And with me is my amazing co-host, Niels. Hello, everyone. I'm the lucky one who's excited to visit Avengers Campus during the press weekends. And yes! in this episode, we're talking all about the Disneyland Paris Magical Pride. Yes. But before we get to all that, some news. So mobile food ordering just became available at Last Chance Cafe in Frontierland, bringing the number of mobile food ordering locations up to five. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. There cannot be enough mobile food ordering. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, in a nutshell, mobile food ordering enables park orders to pre-order and pay for food from select restaurants in the park. And this can be done via the smartphone over the official Disneyland Paris app. Yeah. So it was first introduced in Walt Disney World in 2017 and didn't make its way over to Disneyland Paris until 2021. Quite a gap there, but yeah. finally we have it. Thank Mickey. Exactly. <laughs> they just have to add more counters that are handing out food for mobile orders. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes when you want to use it, then it says, well, it's okay, but come back in one hour or two hours. <laughs> <laughs> and you usually want to have your food like... Right out. Yeah, right out. Yeah. Or maybe 15, 30 minutes is okay. Then you just make a little walk or do something else. But yeah. Having to wait for one or two hours, that's uh, a bit too much. Totally. Then, uh, I think if you're planning on dining during rush hours, you mm -hmm. should plan a reservation pretty early in the day, honestly, and then just pick it up at the desired time. If you're planning yeah. eating around 1 p.m., reserve it earlier because that slot that's is going to fill tip. up. Yeah. 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 You can indeed already order in advance. But just have to think about it and not uh, wait till you're hungry. Totally, yeah. It makes it a little bit <laughs> more difficult. Probably most people are hungry at that moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Since then, DLP has slowly been rolling out the service. So it's now available in Disneyland Park at Casey's Corner, Cafe Hyperion, Hakuna Matata, Last Chance Cafe, and in Walt Disney Studios Park at Restaurant En Coulouse. Although I'm sure it will also become available at the Stark Factory once the Avengers Campus opens up properly on July the 20th. I'm guessing it won't be available for annual pass holder no. previews, but maybe no, we'll be surprised. They, they probably yeah. <laughs> have not that much available during the preview days. It might also be super confusing, like regular guests can still order over the app, and then but they can't go to pick <laughs> yeah. it up. So I can imagine that would cause some that will be confusion, fun. like, yeah. oh, well, you don't have a land reservation. So. That you can show your mobile order food receipt and then get and in. Then get in. <laughs> that will be great. Yeah. No, they will probably uh, wait with that and, um, well, see how Avengers Campus rolls uh, without any uh, mobile order in the beginning, maybe. Yeah. Totally, yeah. I mean, we obviously recommend using the service when it's available since it saves a bunch of time waiting in line and it's available at no extra cost to you. So that's uh, really great. You can check out our full guide on airmagique.net and yeah, it's a great yeah. thing. I hope we'll get to see it more, <laughs> especially at Fronte de Oro. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, there are several locations that can still uh, benefit from this uh, feature. So totally, uh, yeah, yeah. bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> so Niels, what's something that caught your eye in the news cycle? Yeah, well, The Art of Disneyland Paris, which is a Ooh. new book available since today. We're recording on the 5th of July. And this book is uh, available for 50 euros and it's 200 pages containing more than 300 photos, concepts and drawings made by the Imagineers and artists of the entertainment department. So it's a nice overview of uh, art from uh, 30 years Disneyland Paris. Most and, uh, definitely. Yeah, pretty cool stuff for us as uh, Disney fans, right? Yeah, and it's interesting. So this is a second generation of the Art of Disneyland Paris book, right? Because I have the first one that's sitting here on my shelf. I don't think I have it myself. It's actually called Disneyland Paris From Sketch to Reality. This book still lists Walt Disney Studios Park as like the 
new hot thing. That's still the case, right? It's now uh, <laughs> new and hot again with the opening of <laughs> Avengers Campus. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. No, but this is a classic book. I don't personally have it, but it's a real uh, collector's item. Yeah. Oh, before I forget, I'm sorry, this is such a topic change. Last episode, we talked about the Flower Street Sunday, mm-hmm. and we were debating on whether or not it makes it a Sunday because it has sauce or not. And actually, a listener, shout out to James, sent in a picture of the menu. So thank you so much for that. Mm-hmm. And it turns out there is no sauce on the Sunday that's listed in the no. menu, but right. they still consider it a Sunday. So I think we need to get into a deep discussion on what makes a Sunday a Sunday. <laughs> yeah, this really was just ice cream. Yeah. I had a variety of flavors and then some fruit, some flowers, of course. It was nicely decorated, yeah. No sauce, indeed. Escandalo. <laughs> that was just an interesting thing. No, but the book, yeah, totally. I'm definitely going to be purchasing that. I'm a huge sucker for concept art and I love seeing some behind the scenes mm. stories. They've always got little tidbits and fun facts in there as well. So, yeah, can't wait to check it out. Yeah, it's one that needs to be yeah, in the collection. Most definitely. <laughs> Before yeah. we get to the main topic, I did want to mention that in this month's Patreon, exclusive show we'll be talking all about eating at plaza gardens during the 30th anniversary i got to eat lunch there recently and we're going to talk about what it's like dining there these days as well as some fun facts we've got loads of insights coming your way so stick around until the very end of the show for a preview of that exclusive episode and Thank you so much for supporting our magic. Well, Magical Pride is a truly unique event that uh, other Disney parks globally don't have yet. Yeah. So this is a ticketed event where Disneyland Paris celebrates diversity. And um, well, Eric, uh, you've been there. So um, let's talk about it uh, in this episode. Most definitely. So let's start with the basics. Where, when and what time was this uh, Magical Pride event? And uh, well, what was the ticket price? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean... (laughs) Money. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, after two cancelled celebrations of diversity in 2020 and 2021 due to the pandemic, Magical Pride returned to Walt Disney Studios Park this year. So Florian and I managed to snag a pair of tickets and attended the celebrations this year. Magical Pride started on June 11, 2022 mm-hmm. and officially ran from 8 p.m. until 2 a.m. So quite late. Yeah. Although early access was granted to several park goers who queued up outside about an hour before the event officially started. By the way, I just recalled folks were already queuing up around 2 p.m., that is some dedication. Oh, really? Yes, there was already like a small mob of people. I'm like, girl, it's not that but big a deal. Why but- would you do yeah. that? Was there something <laughs> like an opening ceremony that they didn't want to miss? Perhaps or- they just really wanted to be in the first row in front of the stage uh, for all the performances and for Mika. That's the only thing I can think of be because case. like, yeah. why else would you put yourself through that? But y'all have my yeah. utmost respect. <laughs> Interestingly, everyone had to go through a second security screening where all bags were searched. A cast member even opened and sniffed all of our water and Coca-Cola bottles for what I can only assume is alcohol. Yeah, Yeah, that was kind of unusual. Disneyland Paris really didn't want folks bringing in their own libations, I suppose, (laughs) although alcoholic drinks were Hmm. sold at the event. Interesting. It was kind of weird to have a cast member sniff my (laughs) Don't do that when uh, (laughs) we're, well, in the uh, epicenter of a... Pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Just like <laughs> no one is sniffing my, uh, my drinks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it was 
fine, I guess. It was yeah. just a little bit odd. I understand. Yeah. Harder drugs, I mean, they didn't check for those at all. So if people were bringing in some kind of pills and stuff, I don't want to be talking about drugs on Disneyland Paris podcast. Anyway, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sniffing for alcohol. Tickets were priced at 89 euro per person this year, although an annual pass holder discount was available when uh, booked over the official hotline. I tried calling the hotline on the first day tickets went on sale, but never got through. Mm. Must have waited for over an hour on hold only for the system to automatically disconnect me. (laughs) Nice. Which made me not hate life at all or anything. We had extreme FOMO and were this close to just paying the full price and ordering them online. Again, let, let us get an annual pass holder discount online. It's not Paris the next year. That would be so great to not have to be on that hotline. Thankfully, we had the good sense and were fortunate enough to wait until the second day. Called again, and after about 30 minutes on hold, we managed to get through and book the tickets for the event. Mm. Oh, success. Yes. <laughs> this is a major risk, of course. Previous annual pass holder events have been known to sell out mm. in under four hours. While Magical Pride is not an annual pass holder exclusive party, we had no idea how quickly the tickets would be sold out. At the end of the day, the worries were all for nothing as tickets remained on sale leading up to the event. Hmm. So no guarantees, though, on how that will go in the future. Now, after hearing this podcast, people might want to book right away for next year. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, well, so I'm really excited to hear about uh, the program. Can you maybe roughly sketch what this special evening uh, offered? Most definitely. I'm just going to take a quick sip of water. Niels, excuse me. Yeah. Is there some (laughs) alcohol in it? Gotta let the cast member (laughs) sniff it first. (laughs) Oh, that was awkward, but interesting. Magical Pride offered a unique pride parade known as Disney's Colorful Pride Mm. Parade, consisting of cast members, floats that we've seen before in other parades and shows, but with unique characters in them. Another big draw was the Magical Pride stage, which was set up in front of the Tower of Terror in the production courtyard. Besides a neat introduction to the event featuring Edna Mode and Natasha Rafalski, <laughs> there was also some world-class musical acts, including Mika, Bilal Hassani, I'm sorry if I'm saying your name wrong, and Becky Hill. After the concerts ended, a DJ dance party took place, which also looked really fun. An interactive sponsor area, which mostly consisted of photo opportunities as well as seven character meet and greet opportunities, were also available. And last but not least, there was exclusive Pride merchandise. Most of the attractions were open and a small dance party was happening in Hmm. Studio One throughout the evening. There was also supposed to be a lip sync battle in Studio Theater, which I was really looking forward to, but was canceled last minute without any explanation as Mm. to why. I saw a couple of really disappointed folks who definitely (laughs) wanted to try out for the lip sync battle. Great idea, too. Bummer that it didn't materialize at the end of the day. I also wanted to mention there was a selection of Magical Pride merchandise available. So two exclusives I noticed were the Pride fan and flag featuring the Fab Mm -hmm. Five. There was also a beautiful rainbow statue of Mickey Mouse for sale, which came in at a horrendous 359 (laughs) euro. (laughs) That seemed a little bit overpriced to us, so we didn't jump on that offer, but I really didn't want it because I thought it looked super cute. Maybe 50% off? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, and then you're walking around with that expensive piece of merchandise all night, right? Yeah, well, they did say we could purchase the things now and pick them up later uh, at the okay. store. So okay, the good. shops remained open until 2 a.m. So you could just leave all your lovely articles there, which we did end up doing. Yeah. We bought um, some mugs and we did end up getting a fan as well and a flag and we could leave it all where we bought it, which was very convenient. Yeah, nice. Other merchandise that I saw was still available after Pride were the mugs, various long and short sleeve t-shirts, 
plush, keychains, and backpacks. So there was quite a bit to choose from. We got two pride mugs and appreciated the fact that they can be placed in the dishwasher and microwave, <laughs> which is something you can't do with the 30th anniversary mugs. Oh. The way the merchandise was spread out was a little bit awkward. Some was available in the flagship store in Studio One, mm -hmm. and some was only available at the carts, oh. the latter of which had extremely long lines, while the studio store featured several open registers with bored-looking cast members. So <laughs> oh, wow. that's definitely something that could be improved upon in the future. Yeah. I feel like they noticed while this was going on that this was a mistake because they brought in some extra cast members. So while you're waiting in this ridiculously long line to get to the front of the register by the cart, and I'm talking about the little shop cart that's in front of Aladdin's magic carpet. Mm -hmm. And they walked by the line and already you got to pick and choose which exclusive items you wanted. So a nice cast member came by with flags and the fans and was like, here, do you want a flag? Do you want a flag? And how many do you want? Okay. That was already all taken care of in the line. But at the same time, I was like, oh, they could have just given her a mobile payment terminal. Yeah. And that would have saved everybody so much time. And finalize the transaction right away. Yeah. Yeah. And then we can just get out of there because the cast member was just standing around bored after working through the line. And cast member at the register was really breaking a sweat because they had to work through all those people. So hmm. Disney, you have a beautiful large store with all those cast members right there. Please use it in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Overall, a wide selection of great magical pride merchandise. We were also back in the parks on July 1st and I saw several folks purchasing and wearing pride merch. So it seems to be a great revenue stream for Disneyland Paris. Yeah. Just overall. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, and my hubby couldn't fit in the Disneyland Paris magical pride shirt. Thankfully, they imported some pieces from Disneyland Resort in California, which went up to the sizes 2XL and that fit him fine. I'd love to see Disneyland Paris merch carry some big and tall sizes in the future as well though hmm. it's kind of a bummer when you're left out because it only goes up to extra large so yeah yeah i can imagine yeah sounds really cool and actually like a well a typical disneyland paris yeah. ticketed event huh? like the annual pass uh, soirees and the parties like halloween and new year's eve mm -hmm. but i'm sure that the actual acts and activities differ a lot from uh, these other events so let's dive into the entertainment part by part oh yeah uh, let's start with uh, the parade what can you tell us about this parade and any personal highlights? Yeah, I mean, the parade was fun. It was great seeing all the cast members living their extra mm -hmm. lives. The energy was great. What really resonated with the crowd were the characters and the floats from the Dream and Shine Brighter fit the Pride aesthetic yeah. perfectly. Already the rainbow colors, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> Rare characters or characters that folks don't get to see every day got major resonance. Mm -hmm. My highlight would have to be Edna Mode, who closed out the parade. Yeah. She was serving it on a platform and really just felt like the mascot of this year's pride. Okay. Seeing all the Disney friends in their custom pride outfits was also a big highlight. It made me wish that every character presented in the parade had a special, yeah, some sort of special attire for the occasion, but mm -hmm. it was really cool nonetheless. Also, custom floats would have been amazing, but I understand <laughs> yeah. the limitations. <laughs> yeah, it's just one night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think we have to pat ourselves on the back one more time here because we mentioned that the Dream and Shine Brighter floats would fit Magical Pride perfectly and they ended up using them. So <laughs> we're on the same yeah. wavelength yeah. there. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So how about the stage acts? You already mentioned a couple of great artists. Any favorites and maybe some cool special effects? Yeah. One of my highlights was the pre-show of the opening ceremony. Oh, the pre-show. Yeah, like the very first thing. Yeah. It featured an amazing Edna Mode remix of Madonna's hit single Vogue. Ah. Edna Mode. Mode. 
much of a time. Too much. Absolutely something that I didn't know I needed in my life, but can't live without now. <laughs> cool. <laughs> All of the stage acts seem to bring great vibes. We saw a bit here and there on the monitors, but we're mostly in the mood to ride some attractions. So mm -hmm. the only show we really stuck around to watch was Mika. Mm -hmm. Disneyland Paris also set up a large LED display near Studio One that showed a live feed of the stage. Oh. It was great for folks with claustrophobia or those who are generally just not fans of packed yeah. spaces. Hopefully they'll install even more screens around the park. It would be great to check out a live feed of a stage while waiting in line yeah, yeah. for an attraction, for example, as well as in just other areas of the park. Like you can never have too many screens that broadcast <laughs> the live feed. Perhaps even replace the standard loop that plays in the production courtyard because when you're standing a little bit further away from the stage, it was kind of tough to hear the music ah, because yeah. of the loop still playing in the entire area. Yeah, so, yeah. so it was a bit disturbing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just, you couldn't really get the gist of the sound. Yeah. Mika was great. He included several of his most famous hit singles. The stage lighting looked great gorgeous and the tower of terror had a projection mapping effect on it that correlated to the music which mm, i thought was yeah. excellent at one point it even spelled the word love inside the hollywood tower of terror sign so they're ah, really clever with the projection mapping design really effect nice. yeah and that tower is such a huge projection screen oh, yeah. in a good open position so uh, yeah totally it's fantastic what they do with that for several events already but uh, nice to hear that it was really part of these stage shows most definitely yeah. it was really awesome and they're so creative in how they utilize the tower of terror so it was actually my first time seeing projection mapping on the tower of terror i've known ah, they've been okay. doing it for events beforehand but it was just very impressive to yeah, see such a massive structure they had a really nice christmas show with goofy yeah one or two years with a lot of projections on the tower totally for star wars also right and star wars yeah. uh, fireworks indeed with uh, film projections on the tower and during the run, Disney events, the five kilometer runs were in the ah. evening and always finishing on the production courtyard. Oh, nice. There was always some entertainment around there and some projections on the tower as well, fitting the theme of that run. So uh, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Nice that they uh, utilize it. Great surface, great space, and just excellent platform overall. So really cool. Yeah. Keep out at Disneyland Paris. <laughs> the sound quality was also pretty good good when you were standing in the right place you could really feel the music in your chest which was pretty cool mike hmm. one critique is that there was nowhere to sit down and watch the show it would have been awesome to have the concert in the former motors action building since theoretically everybody could probably have a seat oh, right. <laughs> perhaps yeah. they could have even set up a standing area or a temporary pop-up stage inside that venue so people who wanted to stand could be you know standing in the ground floor area yeah. and then people yeah. who wanted to sit could be further back I would really appreciate that in the future. I realize that the projection mapping effects there would be a little bit more limited since you don't have the tower like right there. So that was a big advantage to having it in the production courtyard. But mm -hmm. yeah, so having a seat would have been great because my feet were killing me. Anyway, enough yeah. what ifs <laughs> and could have beens. Major highlight was definitely Mika and an audience member gifted Mika a pair of giant inflatable rainbow wings, which I thought was so cool. 
We saw that individual walking around the park earlier and we're like, oh, those are some awesome inflatable wings. And yeah, at one point, Mika was pausing in between songs and I guess they friendly threw it up on the stage and he accepted the gift and was like, oh, this is the coolest gift that I've ever gotten. So <laughs> that was just a really nice oh. <laughs> moment. And he even put them on for a while. That was really Really neat. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Mika had a couple of international hits, but apparently he's really huge in France. Hmm. All the French parkourers around us knew every single word of his songs. We were familiar with a couple of his singles from the radio. However, it was nice to have everybody around you sing along. It added a whole new level of vibes to the performance. So, right. yeah, overall, excellent performance by Mika. I'm sure the other two would have also been really nice, but we were just prioritizing attractions at <laughs> yeah, that point. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Picture battles. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then I'm really curious which exclusive character meets there were, and did you well meet any yourself? So, in total, there were seven character meet and greets, as well as mm -hmm. one character dance party in Studio One. Yeah. The dance party in Studio One was really fun. Mickey and friends were dancing to electronic and disco music on the balcony above Restaurant on Coulisse. Right. All the Disney friends were wearing their custom Magical Pride outfits and spreading good vibes all around. We we're actually, <laughs> I'll get to food in a bit, but we were sitting there eating our dinner and um, <laughs> watching yeah. them dance around on the balcony. So we we're only seeing them from the back, but it was really cool because every time they, I think they switched on and off every 15 minutes or so, changing up which friends were on the balcony. So Minnie, Mickey, and then they switched to Donald and Daisy. Right. And yeah. Yeah, but every time they walked past the tables, they would wave and some folks would get a chance to take a really quick selfie with them. So it was a really unique experience at Uncle Lisa nice. that you don't yeah. usually get. Other than that, there were several meet and greet opportunities, including Stitch and his friends, yeah, from Lilo and Stitch, Elsa Anna and Kristoff from Frozen, Remy from Ratatouille, Marie and Edgar from the Aristocrats. Oh. I actually had to look those up because I didn't oh. remember the poor darlings. Bo Peep from Toy Story and Joy from Inside Out, Frozone from The Incredibles, and Sully from Monsters, yeah. <laughs> Inc., my favorite. So there were quite a few unusual characters in the parks that evening. We actually didn't meet any directly because the lines mm. were so prohibitive. However, we did see a bunch of the characters from the sidelines while walking through the park and folks who were meeting them directly and taking photos looked like they were having the time of their life. So it really nice, it nice. spread joy. Yeah. It was really fun. Many of the unique characters were also present during the Pride Parade. Uh, so okay. we really enjoyed seeing them, even if we didn't directly meet or interact with them personally. They contributed to the overall atmosphere and made Magical Pride feel mm -hmm. yeah, really special. Since we didn't meet the characters directly, it didn't affect us. However, I did hear from other folks that the unique characters were only available for a short period of time, which caused oh. some serious FOMO <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for a lot of folks. So uh, people were really scared of missing out. And I understand why. And therefore, uh, you had a really, really long lines, yeah. of course. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And from what I could tell, they weren't around to the end because we left around 12 a.m. Mm -hmm. And there was not a character to be seen no. anywhere. I think they're only there for a couple of hours at the very beginning of the event. Right. One interesting and unexpected thing I would like to mention is that Disneyland Paris converted one of the restrooms into a non-binary restroom, meaning that no matter where you are on the spectrum, you can feel comfortable using that restroom. Personally, I thought it was a great idea. I just wish it was done for more than just that event yeah. because it makes it feel kind of half-hearted like you know like look we're being inclusive but only for tonight don't get crazy <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i realize this is a tough call to make and some folks are more comfortable using restrooms with a gender divide i guess the most comfortable solution would be to construct new restrooms from the get-go with three ports of entry exactly female yeah. one for everybody and male um that would however cost more money 
(laughs) which is something Disney does not like to spend. Alternatively, having at least one non-binary restroom for everyone in each park would be a step in the right direction. So yeah, great idea. You're almost there, Disneyland Paris, (laughs) way ahead of the other parks internationally, which makes me really proud of our resort. Let's see if they tackle this in Avengers Campus, but uh, I'm I'm afraid not, but... uh... Probably not, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I like that they're dipping their toes in the warm waters of inclusivity. (laughs) We'll see where the future takes us. Yeah, exactly. So, well, let's move on to the drinks and snacks. You already uh, mentioned food uh, a little bit earlier. I've read about lots of drunk people as well. (laughs) I've seen beautiful rainbow cupcakes on social media. So that's the whole impression I have from a distance. But please tell us about your experience, Eric. (laughs) Yeah. So... Oh, before I forget, we're about to get on Ratatouille when I saw a bunch of cast members standing in front of Cherami. So I had high hopes that Cherami would be open and I walked up to them and they were like, nope, it's closed. Go eat somewhere else. (laughs) That was kind of a bummer. (laughs) Yeah. So we did get to try one of the exclusive snacks, which was great. We dined at restaurant En Coulisse, which was the only open eatery besides a few snack carts. The amount of restaurants and the food offered was very limited. That's something that could be improved upon in the future. If Magical Pride remains in the Walt Disney Studios Park, I hope to see the new restaurants open for future events. Yeah, they just have limited restaurants at this moment. Yeah. But it's yeah. a that Cherimi is basically the only option besides Anculis, and then it's closed, but... Um... It's true. A lot of the carts were also just selling sweet snacks, and we were really craving something savory, so that was another issue. Or if they were selling something savory, it wasn't vegetarian, so Florian couldn't have it, oh, so that yeah. was, again, another restriction for us. So. <laughs> we're almost there. I think there was one cart that was selling these little pizzas but then they had pepperonis on them so Florian can't eat them so I was like oh. Oh, fine okay we'll uh, go to Ancolisa and make it work yeah I wish one table service restaurant would have been open because I think we would have gone however yeah Ancolisa was we also tried using the mobile food ordering feature in the app because the line was incredibly long mm. of course they forgot to expand on the regular oh, operating hours right. so the mobile ordering system acted like Ancolisa was closed <laughs> yeah but otherwise you would have the same as you suggested earlier yeah. <laughs> that people that were not at the party probably could order food that's true i think it would be a little bit better here because the park was officially closed off for everybody else whereas in the avengers campus situation there will be a lot of folks yeah. that are in walt disney studios park but just true. can't reach that area that lands yeah. so i think it would be fine for a special event like this On a positive note, the Black Widow burger I received was fresh off the grill and much better than previous burgers I've had in Ancolis. We also tried the lychee tart, which was one of several sweet snacks created for Magical Pride, and it was delicious creamy and Mm. fruity the shape of the tart kind of reminded me a little bit of an eclair it was decorated with a purple edible flower edible beads and a rainbow mickey silhouette painted on a piece of round chocolate would definitely order it again in a heartbeat if I could. <laughs> I would have liked to try a little bit more, but Florian had an upset stomach that evening and there's no way I could eat any more than <laughs> one of those tarts by myself. <laughs> yeah. I do have a crazy drunk person story that is way too dirty to share on the main feed, so I'll include it with a parental advisory <laughs> warning at the very end of this month's Patreon exclusive show. Neil's already got to hear it. <laughs> yeah, I know what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, don't touch it. Yeah, and that's not a spoiler alert. No, <laughs> no. Well, thanks for sharing all this, uh, <laughs> Eric. Uh, <laughs> anytime, anytime. anytime. <laughs> yeah. To conclude, 
overall, it sounds like uh, you've had a great time. We could go again next year and why or maybe why not? Yeah, I would most definitely consider visiting Magical Pride again, even if you're not into the stage act. The characters, atmosphere, mm -hmm. and short wait times make the visit well worth it. Right. One last tip I would give is don't start your day too early if you plan on sticking around until 2 a.m. Yeah. Start the day by chilling out at your hotel, maybe take a nice long siesta, because if you've been running around the parks all day, you'll have zero energy left by the time Magical Pride starts, and you won't want to be standing while the stage acts perform either, because your feet will be killing. <laughs> Overall, it's a great celebration of diversity and Disneyland Paris. Loved experiencing the great vibes of Magical Pride and seeing the colorful projections on the Tower of Terror. Yeah, that was just really cool. Really cool, yeah. Honestly, the Walt Disney Studios Park at night is an attraction all by itself. Mm -hmm. I give it a score of pretty good with 85 out of 100 points. And I'm looking forward to what Disneyland Paris will be serving next year. Yeah, I'm really wondering <laughs> if they will have different acts or that there may be returning acts. Yeah. I'm not sure how that selection process uh, works, but uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. Same. Yeah, we would have really liked to stick around until 2 a.m. I wanted to see this through until the end but yeah sadly Florian's stomach was like mm -mm, mm -mm, I ain't doing this so, <laughs> so we did leave after uh, Mika ended his set and yeah on our way out I just noticed no more characters anywhere so that was kind of interesting all the attractions were open though so I guess my tip would be for next year prioritize the characters if they're important to you mm -hmm. and save the attractions for last if you can manage it right yeah good tip yeah <laughs> so Niels where can people find you well people can find me on uh, Instagram at Capturing Disney Parks and uh, for all uh, other activities please uh, visit CapturingDisneyParks.com Come. Awesome. Be sure to follow Aramagique on Twitter, Instagram, and our website, aramagique.net, for all the latest Disneyland Paris news and podcast updates. Please consider supporting the show on patreon.com slash You get access to a completely new exclusive episode every month, and it really helps out a lot and keeps the show running. Yes. Before we go, <laughs> we did want to thank some of our patrons, and you can also get a shout out at the Sequoia tier. So thank you to Sai. Simon, Jen, JP, Jerry, and Tulips. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, guys. Thanks, y'all. Also, thank you to Chrissy for this wonderful review. Chrissy writes, So fun and positive. I've been searching for a fun Disneyland Paris podcast, and finally I've found it. The hosts are positive and upbeat, but also bring humor and personality. I enjoy the updates with deeper dives into Imagineering and Disney history. I look forward to many more episodes. Well, thank wow. you so so much yeah. Chrissy <laughs> that's I'm <a> touched <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thanks yeah, yeah, yeah. well everyone stay safe and have a wonderful day talk to you soon bye 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 bye
I do have one more random story that I just remembered last time we were writing Ratatouille. So this was not during Magical Pride. This was just during regular operating hours. And I thought it was an interesting process on Disneyland's half and completely irresponsible on the parents' half. So we were boarding the Ratatouille vehicle and we got assigned the back row, which was totally fine. And a group of three, two parents and their child got assigned the front row, which is great, you know, because the kids can see really well. This kid just did not want to go on Ratatouille. I mean, he was arguing with his parents and he started to get on the verge of crying, you know, when kids get like really, really aggravated. So already in my head, I'm like, y'all, if your kid does not want to ride Ratatouille, don't force him to ride Ratatouille. But of course, the parents are like, no, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fine. This is how (laughs) child trauma is created. So they board the vehicle and they're sitting in front of us. And this kid is just starting to cry and scream really loud. Now that was just a short preview of the full-length Patreon-exclusive show. You can get instant access to this episode as well as Disneyland Paris Hacks 2.0, Disneyland Paris on a Budget, and the Discoveryland Deep Dive, along with all of our other fabulous Patreon-exclusive episodes now on patreon.com slash See you there!